Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. Good morning, Horizon West Church. Merry Christmas. Let's stand and worship together as we celebrate Jesus. Good morning. You can be seated. Welcome to Horizon West Church. Welcome to Christmas at Horizon West. Uh, we're so glad that you're starting kind of your Christmas Eve, Christmas holiday with us, worshiping Jesus together. Um, and so for all of you, we're glad that you're here. If you're a first-time guest or maybe you're the first time in a while, we especially want to recognize you and thank you for being here. Uh, we've got a Next Step card. You can find that in the lobby or in a gift that we're going to give you at the end of the service. Um, and we would love if you would let us know that you're new. Uh, so someone on our team can follow up this week. 
Uh, I'm also going to ask, make this announcement, as we fill up, if you would kind of scoot toward the middle. If you're in a row on this side, kind of scoot this way. If you're on this side, kind of scoot this way. And we're going to make room for others that are coming in. But again, just want to thank those of you who are attending today. And for all of you, we have something for you. We've got a delicious treat on the porch on your way out to the parking lot. So as we conclude the service this morning, make sure you grab that and we'll see you out there. My name is Nikki and Christmas morning has always been my favorite morning of the year. I remember as a kid being so excited to wake up early and open up presents. And now being a parent, I still love watching my kids wake up um, in the morning and open up presents. But the greatest gift for me is that our kids will know why we are celebrating Christmas the gift we have in Jesus. You guys, this year we have created a step-by-step -step family guide for you to use with your family on Christmas morning. This guide includes questions to ask, scriptures to read, and prayers to pray with your family. You can access that guide by scanning the QR code behind me. We're gonna be doing this with our family on Christmas morning, and we wanna invite you to join us with it. I want you guys to just imagine um, all of Horizon West Church spread all throughout the community, spending Christmas morning in a meaningful and Christ-centered way. That's exactly right. And this year, 2023, has really been a remarkable year for Horizon West Church. We've seen God do incredible things. Among those was more baptisms than we've ever seen at this church. And today we're going to have some of those, in fact, in just a few minutes, uh, more individuals coming to say Jesus is Lord and demonstrating that through baptism. But I want you to know that all that is made possible, first of all, because God is on the move at Horizon West Church. And secondly, because the people of Horizon West Church give to support the work God is doing. And so not to our guests in the room, but if you are a regular attender or consider yourself part of the Horizon West Church family, I want to invite you to give at 40777. You can just text the word give to that number, follow the prompts, and perhaps you want to make a year-end gift or give as a way of worship today as part of the Horizon West Church family. That's a way to do that. We also have offering boxes at the uh, back of the auditorium and also in the lobby after the service. If you're new to Horizon West, you may notice that there are lots of children in the room today. Typically, we do have uh, programming from babies all the way up to 12th grade on Sunday mornings. But since it's Christmas Eve, we wanted to be all together as a church family. So will you guys help me welcome all our elementary and preschoolers in the room right. today? Back in kids' ministry, I always tell our kids that this is not just your mom and dad's church that you tag along to. This is their church. Right. And so with that in mind, we have a special little part of our service just for them. So if you are in elementary age, I want to invite you to come on down, start making your way down here to this area. And if you have a preschooler, go ahead and bring them down with you. We're going to do a special reading of the Christmas story, from, um, hear that, from our director, Marcy Chevalis. Don't worry if you don't think your preschooler will sit through it or make noise. That's not what matters. Nah. That's not what's important. We want to see all of our kids down here. Right. Good morning, boys and girls. I'm so glad you're here. If you're ready to hear the Christmas story, can you say, I'm ready? I'm ready. All right, let's get started. Everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here. God was coming to help his people just as he promised in the beginning. There was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. Now Joseph's great-great-great-great-great-grandfather was King David, King David, the same King David that killed Goliath. One morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared right there in her bedroom. 
Gabriel, and he was an angel, a special messenger from heaven. When she saw the tall, shiny man standing there, Mary was frightened. You don't need to be scared, Gabriel said. God is very happy with you. Mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking to someone else. Mary, Gabriel said, and he laughed with such gladness that Mary's eyes filled with tears. Mary, you're going to be having a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one. He's the rescuer. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's too wonderful, Mary said, and felt her heart beating hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God? Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see. And she believed. I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. Sure enough, it was just as the angel had said. Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. Now, Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem, the town King David was from. But when they reached the little town, they found that every room was full. Every bed was taken. Go away, the innkeepers told him. There isn't any place for you. Where would they stay? Soon Mary's baby would come. They couldn't find anywhere except an old tumble-down stable. So they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses stayed. And there in the stable, amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows, in the quiet of the night, God gave the world his wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born, his baby son. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus. Can you guys say Jesus? Jesus. Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us. Because of course he had. That night, some shepherds were out in the open fields, warming themselves by a campfire, when suddenly the sheep darted. They were frightened by something. The olive trees rustled. What was that? A wing beat? They turned around. Standing in front of them was a huge warrior of light, blazing in the darkness. Don't be afraid of me, the bright shining man said. I haven't come to hurt you. I've come to bring you happy news for everyone everywhere. Today, in David's town in Bethlehem, God's son has been born. You can go and see him. He's sleeping in a manger. Behind the angel, they saw a strange glowing cloud. Except it wasn't a cloud. It was angels, troops and troops and troops of angels armed with light. And they were singing a beautiful song. Glory to God, to God be fame and honor and all our hoorays. Let's clap for that, boys and girls. Amen to that. That is beautiful. Now, boys and girls, as you head back to your seats, we're going to join in singing and giving glory to God, just like those angels. So, growing ups, you can stand up, and with the kids, we're going to praise God's name. That's right. Wasn't that so good? <laughs> we're going to continue worshiping God through singing these words, joyful, joyful, we adore thee. We invite you to sing aloud with us. Here we go. Joyful, joyful, we adore Thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before Thee, hail Thee as the sun above. Joy in my soul, joy in my soul. Oh, Your joy is in my soul today. 
As I shared with you a few moments ago, one of the things we love to do at Horizon West Church is to see people go from death to life, to see people put their confidence, their trust in Jesus for salvation. And uh, so one that's coming today is Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan came to do the Disney College program, uh, found the church, brought some others with him. Uh, Jonathan and I had the chance to meet about six weeks ago, and he has come now for baptism. Those that will follow Jonathan are going to be part of our Brazilian ministry, which is led by Kleber and Viviani. And so after I baptize Jonathan, I'm just going to get out of the way and let the others come and demonstrate their faith through baptism. So Jonathan, I'm going to begin with you. Would you say your name and your statement of faith? My name is Jonathan, and Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Amen, Jonathan. And Jonathan, based on that profession of faith, it's our honor to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Yes! Awesome, buddy. Awesome. Awesome, man. You can go right back here and they'll tell you. Come on. And they can just step right up and make their professional faith. Meu nome é Ivy. Jesus é meu Senhor e meu Salvador. Amen. Amen. Ivy, baseada na sua confissão de fé. Eu te batizo em nome do Pai, do Filho, do Espírito Santo, em nome de Jesus. Amen. My name is Eduardo, and Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Amen. Eduardo, based your professional faith, I'll baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My name is Leonardo, and Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Good. Based on your professional faith, Leo. I'll baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hi, my name is Jessica. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Based on professional faith, Jessica, I'll baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hi, my name is Talita, Jesus, my Lord, and my Savior. Amen. Based on a professional faith, Talita, I baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow, we celebrate that today, and uh, and we're just going to continue praising God. And we're let's just let's just take a moment. To
to pray to God and just to say thank you for what he's doing in our church, in our lives as we continue in this service. God, we, we praise you. We thank you for today. We thank you for Christmas and the reminder that you are Emmanuel, God with us. We thank you that we are on this side of just seeing what you did by sending your son Jesus in whom we trust. Thank you for our brothers and sisters who proclaim that trust, God. And we just thank you that um, the long-awaited and expectant King, Jesus Christ, is here. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. You can remain seated as we sing this next song. Silence the, the silence the boast of sin. 
God exalted him to the highest place, that at the name of Jesus every knee would bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. You can be seated. The name that is above every name, the greatest of these. There is no other name, and it's the name that we celebrate, that we worship, and that we point to every Sunday here at Horizon West Church. But how fun it is, how special it is to especially gather on this Christmas Eve morning and exalt the name that is the greatest of all names, the name of Jesus. I want to thank you again just for being here. Thank you for being in the room. You know, it may be that some of you are going to go into uh, situations over the next couple of days where you're with extended family, and I don't know what your family is like, but sometimes the broader that circle goes out, uh, the more hectic or chaotic it might be. And I don't know if this is an American phenomenon. I think it's a human phenomenon, but, but we just love to debate, right? And, and sometimes the holiday table, Thanksgiving, Christmas, it's a chance to debate politics or viewpoints or that kind of thing. I want to encourage you, don't do that this Christmas. <laughs> don't, don't get sucked into that, okay? But, but we love to debate, and one of the things that we love to debate is who or what is the greatest. We have different categories that we debate or discuss around this. So we'll debate things like, what, what's the greatest soft drink? Is it Coke or is it Pepsi? Oh, you want to interact. Okay, we can do that. <laughs> or, or which is the greatest pickup truck? Is it Ford or Chevy? <laughs> All right, that's been Little League. This is going to start getting really controversial. Who is the greatest voice? Is it Mariah or Whitney? Whitney. Now listen, now listen. It's not fair because at Christmas time, Mariah is queen. But... For me, January through November, it's, it's Whitney, all right? So I'm just going to put it out there. Here's one more, and this is where I'm really meddling, and with apologies to our Brazilians in the room, who's the greatest footballer or soccer player, Ronaldo or Messi? If y'all if had tomatoes, I would have got one, like, right here, man. Because here's the reality. All of these things are debatable, and as some of you did, you would say, it's not even either one of those. Something or someone else is greater even than that. And what we know to be true this Christmas morning is there is no name above the name of Jesus. He has no rival. He has no equal. He is truly the greatest of these. And the Christmas story is without question the greatest ever told. A story, and by the way, a true story, so great that for more than 2,000 years now, people across the world in almost every nation, tribe, and language, throughout every generation of history, to the tune of hundreds of millions of people, have done what we just did, worshiped Jesus as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the greatest of these. Christmas is truly the greatest story ever told. But in some ways, it's actually three stories or three parts of a story rolled into one great story. First of all, Christmas is a story of faith. I heard somewhere that years ago there was a, a particular seminary student who wasn't great at turning in projects on time. And for those keeping score, I am not talking about myself, though I could be. And this seminary student lived years ago in another place, and he was a bit notorious for making just barely passing grades. And so as he came on to his final project before graduation, the project was so heavily weighted that if he passed the assignment, he passed the class. And if he failed the assignment, he failed the class. And the professor gave this project to his students. The project was to answer the question in a research paper, what is faith? Well, most of the students in that classroom got busy researching, studying, pulling all-nighters, late nights, compiling 20 30, 40 pages worth of research, dozens and dozens of bibliography entries, and this student did none of that. And so the day of the due date came, the student had done no work, professor started accumulating all of those papers, stacks of 20, 30, 40 page papers, and in the middle of them, toward the bottom, was a single sheet of paper submitted by this one worst of all students, where to answer the question, what is faith, he simply wrote these words, this is. Now, that gets us into the ballpark of what faith is, 
That there's a part of faith that is daring, that is chancing, that is taking risk. And yet scripture says faith is a little more than that. It says this, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Confident assurance. This is what we see all over the Christmas story. Where a young girl named Mary, before she ever conceived the child promised, worshipped God, believing that the child would come in a place called Bethlehem. The Christmas story where a young man named Joseph, in spite of the challenges to his logic and the challenges to his reputation if he stayed, chose to stick by his betrothed side as she claimed an angel had visited her with an incredible and divine message. Or the faith of the shepherds who, when they had their own angelic encounter, said these words in Luke chapter 2, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Not that may happen, not that somebody told me would one day happen, but in confidence assur- confident assurance, they said, this has happened. What the angels proclaimed will come to pass. Now, you might be like me and say, hey, if an angel came and told me the message, I would probably believe too. Anybody else? And the reason that I'm drawn to that question is, is the reason that I'm drawn to a, another cast of characters at the Christmas story. Now, these guys didn't show up at Bethlehem. They came a little late, like some of you do every Sunday. (laughs) They came when the child was about two years old. Luke tells us they were magi from the east. We know them more commonly as the three wise men. And the reason I'm drawn to the faith of the wise men is that they did not have all the same advantages that these other people of faith had. These were most likely... Uh, sorcerers or astrologers of the Zoroastrian tradition and Eastern religion. So they didn't grow up with the same scriptures, the same revelations and miracles. Not only that, but they had to set out on a long journey to Jerusalem. And when they got there, having overcome all the obstacles along the way, even said this, where is the child who is born king of the Jews? In other words, their faith got them moving, but they didn't have all their answers solved when they set out. And the truth is that sometimes faith looks like setting out on a journey with an uncertain outcome. Maybe you're in the room today and you're not yet convinced that Jesus is anything more than a religious symbol or a good heartfelt story that people tell children. Maybe being in a church on this Christmas Eve morning feels unnatural or even foreign to you as it would have to them. Or maybe you can relate with the individual who wrote these lyrics in a song called Faith Is. I'm out here asking for miracles I don't foresee. Maybe faith is a gift that I'm yet to receive. And I want you to know, and if I could shake your hand, if I could look you in the eye and tell you this, if you're here this morning and you feel like you don't yet have faith or that your faith is hanging by a thread, I want you to know I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you've set out on this journey called faith. And in fact, in a few moments at the end of the service, I'm going to give you a chance to respond in faith to this good news message. But Christmas is more than just a story of faith. It is also a story of hope. In the first century, when Jesus appeared, the the, the situation in Israel was not great. They were ruled by a people called the Romans, and the Romans, if you know anything about history, you probably know were a very powerful and violent and vengeful people. The Jews living in Israel at that time were considered a minority, a lesser status, both religiously and ethnically, and to both Romans and Greeks. And as they were living in this environment, in this context, the heart of every Jewish man, woman, and child in the first century cried out for their deliverer to come, one that the prophets had called the Messiah or the Christ. One of those prophets, he's sometimes simply called the great prophet, a man named Isaiah, said this 600 years before the child arrived in Bethlehem. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, His government and its peace will never end, but he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all of eternity. 
For the people living in Israel in the first century, this was their great hope, but it was a far cry from their reality or their experience. Now, it's worth noting that in the 21st century, the situation in Israel is not much better. Today, both Jews and Palestinians living in Israel are crying out for hope. They're crying out for deliverance, for an end to the war and violence, for their children to have one night of rest where bombs are not blaring and where their children can sleep in peace. But the truth is you don't need to be living in a war zone or living under an oppressive power to need hope this Christmas season. A study done by the CDC in 2021 found that nearly half of all students living in America, 42%, identified that in the last 12 months they had had feelings of persistent sadness or hopelessness. When it comes to adults that same year, the NIH did a study that found that 14.5 million Americans had at least one major depressive event in their life that was accompanied by severe impairment. We are a people often crippled by loneliness and anxiety and fear. We're a people like they were in the first century in need of hope. Earlier this month at a men's gathering of Horizon West Church men, I was sitting at a table with three other individuals, several other tables around us, and we were seeking to answer the question, when in your life have you sensed God's presence the most? And as each of us answered, I I noticed a common thread or a common denominator, and that it was that each of us answered the question, when did we feel the presence of God most profoundly, with answers of when we felt peace most significantly. When we felt the presence of God with us was when we felt an overwhelming peace in our life. When Joseph, the one who was to be married to Mary, received the word from the angel, it said this, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. In other words, the hope that you need as we turn the page from 2023 to 2024 is not merely the hope of a better job or a different spouse or a slimmer physique. The hope that you need, what your soul truly longs for, is the Emmanuel, God who is with you. And the good news this Christmas season, the good news this Sunday morning, is that Christmas is not merely good because Jesus came to a manger in a place called Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. The message is good news because he keeps coming again and again to the door of every heart of every man, woman, and child who ever lived with the same invitation that sounds like this, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Christmas is good news because that baby in a manger became a man on a cross and that man on a cross became a hero who was raised to life on the third day. And because of his death and his resurrection, because of Jesus, we can have hope this morning. Finally, the Christmas season and the Christmas story is a story of love. When the scripture says that Jesus would be called Emmanuel, what it is telling us is that what we see in Jesus is the very essence of who God is fleshed out in human form. That's why the writer of Hebrews said the Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation or imprint of his being. And the writer of Colossians said it this way, in Christ who is Messiah, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Which means that we can't answer the question, what is God like, without first answering the question, what was Jesus like? And when we look to the life of Jesus, when we look to that baby in a manger who became a man, a rabbi, a teacher on the streets of Jerusalem and the surrounding areas, we see a man who healed those with diseases, often, most preferably, by touching them when everyone else considered them untouchable. We see one who welcomed children, those who were seen as an inconvenience he received with an invitation. We see one who stood up for a woman who had broken the law and was about to be executed and stepped in the gap and said, don't throw the stones unless you are without sin and save that woman's life. 
one of Jesus' closest followers, a guy named John. He was one of the 12, if you've heard the stories of the 12 disciples. But John was unique among the 12 because he not only saw Jesus heal and feed 5,000 and preach and teach, but Jesus, uh, or John rather, alone of the 12 disciples, stayed with Jesus all the way through his crucifixion on a Roman cross. And so when those other 11 men were nowhere to be found, John stood at the base of that cross, and it was John who received Jesus' command to take his mother and care for her in Jesus' absence. It was John who heard Jesus turn to a thief being crucified next to Jesus and say to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. And it was John who heard this most remarkable of all statements as Jesus hung naked, stretched out on a cross, bleeding and dying for the sins of the world, John heard Jesus say, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And so maybe it shouldn't be surprising that years later, when John was writing to a church as an old man, reflecting on the Emmanuel, Jesus who is God with us, that John would say, I saw what God is like, and in 1 John 4, 8 say, God is love. When we look to the life of Jesus, we see that the heart of God is one of pure, unrelenting love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Richard Foster said it this way, today the heart of God is an open wound of love. He aches over our distance and our preoccupation. He mourns that we do not draw near to him. He grieves that we have forgotten him. He weeps over our obsession with muchness and manyness. He longs for our presence. The heart of God to you today, friend, is a heart of love fleshed out in the bleeding and dying body of Jesus who was crucified for you. Faith alone could not change the world. Hope alone, although so vital, was not enough to save us. What we needed is the God who is love to become the Emmanuel God with us and to redeem us. This is what happened at Christmas in a little town of Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. Over the last few weeks as a church family, we've been walking through a series we've called The Greatest of These. And that series is rooted in 1 Corinthians 13, a passage where the Apostle Paul describes for us what love is like. In fact, it's known by many people, even those outside of the Christian faith, as the passage or the chapter of love. And Paul concludes his, his expounding on what love is. It is kind, it is patient, it is not rude or arrogant, it never fails. And Paul says these words. And part of me just wonders if Paul was reflecting on the Christmas story when he said these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The one who is the greatest the story that is the greatest that was ever told gave to us this gift, the gift of the love of God in the person of Jesus. And so we're left with a question. How do I receive the saving love of God through Jesus? And the answer is actually quite simple. Most, if not all of you, have a number of boxes under your tree. Dads, if you've not yet got boxes under your tree, you are running out of time. The truth is, most of us tonight or tomorrow morning or sometime this week, we're going to receive a gift from somebody that loves us. And they're not going to ask us to earn that gift. They're not going to ask us to work for it. They're not going to ask us to do some great feat to be deserving of the gift. All they're going to ask this Christmas is that we simply receive the gift as an act of love. And the best news that I could tell you this Christmas season is that when you receive the gift of salvation. You're receiving the gift of love from the heart of God. And there is only one who could give you that gift. His name is Jesus. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, It is by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's not by works so that no one can boast. Rather, it is the very gift of God. And I want to give you a chance this morning to receive that gift of God by faith. And so I'm going to ask that you do this. Wherever you're seated, would you just for a couple of minutes, would you close your eyes, maybe bow your head, get into an undistracted posture, and if you got little ones, that, that's okay. 
They're going to do what little ones do. But to the rest of you, I want to offer this invitation. I want to invite you, maybe for the first time, to receive by faith the gift of God in Jesus. Scripture says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord is saved. The one who bled and died on a cross for you is the same one who was raised to life on the third day for you. A dead Savior couldn't save you, but a living one can and he will for all those who receive God's gift in Christ. And so I want to give you this opportunity. If you're ready for the first time to receive the gift of salvation in Jesus, would you pull out your cell phone and would you simply turn on your flashlight so we can see it? And we're going to have some team leaders make their way to the front so they can see that just right where you're at. You don't need to come forward. You don't need to stand. We just need to see the light. Just like the prophet Isaiah said, a light is coming. I invite you to do that. And parents, grandparents, if you're sitting next to a child who wants to receive the gift of salvation, would you turn on that cell phone light on their behalf? And what I'm going to ask you to do, and we've still got time, go ahead and turn those lights on. Our team leaders are going to come and find you with a card. And, and adults, you can fill this out. Parents, you can help your child fill this out. After the service, we're going to have a place where you can leave those so someone on our team can follow up with you. We believe the greatest invitation ever given deserves a really great follow-up for somebody to meet you on the other end of that phone call or that meeting where we can show you what it looks like to become a follower of Jesus, to have your sins forgiven, and to cross from death to life. And we've still got time. If you want to turn that flashlight on, we've got team leaders still watching Adults, children, teenagers, if you need to, for the first time, receive the gift of Jesus, would you turn that light on? I also want to let you know, if you need a card that is in Portuguese or Spanish, we do have that. Just let the person handing the card know that, and we can get that to you as well. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for the greatest of all gifts that is the gift of salvation. God, even faith is a gift that you give us. Hope is the gift that you presented to us. And most of all, the God of love, the gift of forgiveness, restoration, reconciliation, you with us, simply because we opened the door of our hearts. God, I thank you for those who are responding in this moment. And God, as we continue the service just for a few more minutes, would you allow our hearts to be reminded again or even for the first time that you, Jesus, and you alone are the great gift that we receive. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we continue to sing. We're going to worship the King of Kings. In the darkness we were waiting Without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets. To a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the
that stone was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered death. And the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who an incredible celebration it's been celebrating the birth of Jesus God with us Emmanuel and uh, we're gonna in a moment we're gonna close and under our time singing silent night which is one of our favorite things to do at Christmas Eve at these services but before we do that I just want to invite those of you who prayed to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior and to declare him as such in your life would you please make sure if you filled out a card, just take that to the back um, and put it into one of our, we've got uh, these giving boxes. You can just put that in there and make sure that we can help you walk in your journey of faith. Just as, um, just as we've walked with some of those who were baptized today, we'd love to walk alongside you to help you understand how to grow as a follower of Jesus Christ and embark on this new journey. So we, we're celebrating with you today. Um, and also before we, we go into silent night, just want you to know that next week, we have a special service again, another special service because it's New Year's Eve. We're kicking off the new year right and we're going to have a blessing service here at 9.30 and 11 o'clock in the morning, our regular service times. Full families here in the service again together. We're going to just have a, a unique service where we'll sing some songs, we'll pray over your families, a prayer of blessing to start the new year off right. So you don't want to miss it, 9.30 and 11 o'clock next week. But right now, before we do that and before we end, as we end our time, um, I want to invite you to take your phone out. And just like we did with the lights earlier on, would you light up your phone? Because this is, you know, an Orange County Public School facility. We can't burn the place down. So we don't, we're not doing candles here, okay? We're not ready for that. So we're doing this instead as a reminder that we carry the light of Jesus into the world wherever we go from here and out. And so let's sing this song together as we close Silent Night.
may the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God with us, Emmanuel, present right here, right now. May he go with you into this Christmas and as you go. God bless you. Have a wonderful Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.